Rebecca. I'm Lily. And you're listening to Just Ghoulie Things. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghoulie Things, the quarantine spooky story special, episode 67. And we are your bootyful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So, welcome back, Boo Things. For those that are new, hi, new Boo Things. And I'm Rebecca. <laughs> I'm Lily. And we're going to read you some spooky, kooky, ooky stories. Yay! All right, Lily, what's your first one? All right. First one is called Weird Paranormal Story. So, pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> okay, some context is needed. I live in the mountains, but I still live in a neighborhood with about five other houses. My backyard is a huge forest that kind of creates a little ravine. Anyways, that backyard stuff isn't important. I just thought I should mention it. My neighborhood is pretty calm. The most interesting thing that ever happens is the male person that comes. Anyways... The story is right after I, a 16-year-old male, moved into the house. It was pitch black outside, um, but you could see snow falling right outside my window. I was sitting there drawing when I decided to erase the stick figure I had drawn thus far. It looked bad, and now I wanted to start over. I then, inexplicably, started to draw a word. I don't know why, it just kind of happened. I couldn't exactly understand what I meant, but the word was road. I then decided to draw a road for no reason, probably just because I happened to get a little inspiration. Quick side note, I am pretty new to Reddit, so I do apologize if there are a few mistakes here and there. Anyways, I went to sleep that night, but woke up at around 3.30ish. I was having a weird dream full of weird imagery. I decided um, that I had imagined the road near my house again. That's a weird phrasing of that. Um, I rise up only to realize that I had left my window open and about a centimeter of snow had come in. I actually live in America, but I didn't know what good ex- what a good explainer of how little snow was actually there was in standard terms. I go to shut my window when I saw something. I am probably going to explain this terribly, but imagine a glowing soccer ball floating in the middle of the street. I rubbed my eyes, but it was still there. As I grabbed my glasses and looked back at it, it had moved. It was closer to my house now, and it seemed to have changed colors a little. It was purely white to begin with. Now it looked yellowish. I immediately got out of my bed and went to my parents' room. I told them what I had seen, and they walked to my window. They saw the glowing thing coming closer to us and then vanish. I haven't seen it since. I'm still wondering what this is. I have seen paranormal stuff before, but never like this. I will say that smaller things have happened before, like the fog of my window spelling out road and the sound of footsteps coming from a room which is currently unoccupied, but nothing to the extent of the orb thing. I hope it was just some sort of stupid light joke that some teenagers were doing to me, but if anything happens, updates will come out. The end. Oh, just little things like the fog smelling, spelling out road. Okay, that's not a yeah, little casual. thing. That's not a little thing, okay? That's, there's, okay, what's going on with this road? I don't know, but I'm nervous about it. I would not want to be driving on that road. Nope. No, ma'am. All right, let's see. What's my next story? We'll do, nice lady saved my bro. This person that wrote this is such a bro. You'll see why. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, my brother was a teen and was appro- was approaching a four-way stop intersection near our childhood home when he saw a lady dressed in old-timey clothes who looked to be made of smoke. He was shocked by what he saw and did a full stop to get a second look. 
She was gone, but because he stopped and didn't just do a rolling stop through the intersection, he saw another car blow through the intersection speeding. My bro was sure he would have died or been badly injured in a car accident had he not stopped to look at the ghost lady. Bro was shook. (laughs) (laughs) He went back home to tell my mom what happened. He started to tell my mom when she stopped him. She said, stop. Let me tell you what the lady looked like. My mom's description matched my brother's. Oh, I'm sorry. He said bros. He asked her, how do you know? My mom said the lady came to her in a dream. The lady was holding a crying baby. My mom asked the lady why the baby was crying, and the lady said, because he's going to get hurt. My mom asked the lady to protect the baby, and the lady said she would do her best. I believe my mom and my bro, even though I still don't believe in ghosts, and I know this is cognitive dissonance, but what the fuck? (laughs) And an update, this happened to his brother at 9 a.m. and his mom had the dream the night before. Ooh. So it was like a premonition, sort of. Ooh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Some Juicy, angels. I love yeah. it. Huh. I love a good old lady saving lives. And I bet you she was an all-white. Oh, probably. Probably. Okay. This one is called, I awakened briefly in the middle of the night. There were four people at the edge of my bed. Casual. This transpired a few years back while my stepbrother was still living with me, to be precise. We would regularly experience many strange and unexplained things, this chief among them. One night, I sat up in my bed and opened my eyes, only to see four shadowy figures, one of which was extremely familiar, staring at me in the dark, inches from my feet. For some reason, I had decided to point my finger in their direction direction, <laughs> and whispered the word, you. I fell back asleep some seconds after that. Now, because I was only half asleep, this appeared not to bother me at all. However, when I fully awoke in the morning, I jolted up in shock and confusion. My brother's bed was behind mine at that time, so the first thing I thought of was to ask him if he had heard or witnessed anything. Um, oddly enough, he told me that he had trouble sleeping that night and supposedly he had overheard me getting up and whispering something unintelligible. The most intriguing thing about this is that when my brother was around, I would always talk in my sleep and he would just happen to be awake to overhear everything every single time, ranging from eerie whispers such as the above to full conversations with things that weren't there. I was an incredibly active sleep talker. Sleepwalker as well, apparently. I remember pacing back and forth through my parents' corridor once or twice, and even standing over my brother a couple of times. Since he moved out, these events no longer seem to occur to such an extent, if even at all. And to this day, I simply cannot decipher who that one familiar character was. Make of this what you will, and give me your opinion. I am hungry for answers. Any answers. The end. That's weird that the one fam- that the one figure was so familiar, but she can't put her finger on who it is. It's like a deja vu. Yes. Have you had deja vu before? Mm-hmm. All the time. I had my, I had a really bad deja vu the other day when I was doing the dishes, and Mike was saying something, and he was I think he was making some sort of suggestion, or I don't remember what the context was, but I literally knew what he was gonna say, or how he was gonna say it, and where he was gonna say it in mm-hmm. the kitchen. And it was just so weird because I'm like, this has definitely happened before. Mm-hmm. Deja vu. Timelines running backwards. NASA. I'm telling you. Well, it may also be because like pretty much every day is the same fucking day in quarantine. But, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure this happened at some other point in time. Weird. Um, did you ever hear the theory that it's when you have deja vu, it's actually flashbacks? Like 
it's little flashbacks that you're getting that are kind of like a timeline that's presented to you while you're dying. Like, you no. know how they say, like, your life flashes, like, before your eyes when you're dying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They so, say, like, those are the moments that yeah, flash? Yeah. I've never heard that before. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, though. Which, I'll be pissed as hell if those are my last visions, because they all sucked. Like, they weren't any significant <laughs> deja vu, so I'd be like, wow, like, I this is how I want to remember my last moments here on Earth. <laughs> they were just, like, in a fucking kitchen doing dishes. No thanks. No <laughs> That's thanks. That's what you remember on your deathbed. Seriously. Okay, my next one is, I need to talk about what's happening at work. I can't give you my name or the name of the client because of HIPAA violation, Um, but I also can't keep these things to myself. I don't care if you don't believe me, think I'm crazy, what have you. I know what I've witnessed, I just don't know what I believe anymore. I've been a caregiver for a few years now. I've worked in last chance houses in organizations that aid and house the mentally ill, and I've been a care provider that would go to the individual's home to clean or do personal cares. Currently, I oversee an entire branch of a home caring providing company that stretches out to several small towns in one moderately sized city. In my years of working in this field, I've come to notice things. I consider myself a rational person. I need hard evidence. I'm by the book. But this field of work has shown me that some things cannot be explained. Which is why I am here, because it bothers me. I need other people to see something I've missed to make sense of these encounters. I'll start with one and then post others. They will not be in order, sorry. So incident number one. I have a client who has a debilitating disease, one that attacks and eats away at the nerves. Yes, recovery is possible if you're a millionaire, but it'll never be a full recovery. He also suffers from a brain disorder that corrupts his memory, personality, and behavior. And despite all this, he's a wonderful client. I rarely come down from my big boss tower, but when I do, it's to cover a shift with him. A first few visits with him were as expected. He can only talk about four topics that he could remember, and he'd repeat them throughout the shift, but he's so energetic and positive that it's a joy to be around him. He'd sometimes turn and look at me to say, damn baby, you look good, I ain't lying. (laughs) Then forget who I was entirely. His wife and I would share a laugh each time he did as we think he thinks I'm her when they first met. This is my usual encounter with him. uh, On one visit, his wife mentioned that she's fighting to get him on a revolutionary treatment not available in the States. I wished her luck. She had a sad, hopeful smile as she drew in a drag of her cigarette, nodding her head as a thanks. At this point, he looked like he wasn't going to get better. He was declining, and there wasn't much hope left. A month or so passes when I have to cover for his usual caregiver. I knock, open the door, go inside, and I hear the two of them talking, having a real conversation. I approach them, and the client looked at me and was present. He was actually looking at me and knew who I was. He then went on to tell me about his week, what he did, who he saw... He talked about this coherently. Still some stumbling, but there was a flow to his sentences. They made sense. No repeats. I was blown away. He's in his wheelchair, but the change in cognition was incredible. I looked to his wife. Mind you, I'm smiling like a moron. And I asked her, (laughs) did you get that treatment going overseas? He's a whole new man. His wife asked her cigarette, looked at me and smiled like I've never seen her smile. The kind of smile a kid gets when she's winning a goldfish at the fair. Nope, she said. He's got... He's got hands laid on him. What? Now, I'm not religious. I was once a Satanist, raised Roman Catholic, and determined that it's all just a coping method to comfort us when faced with ours and our other's mortality. Yet, what she told me next has now become a haunting thought in the back of my head. She said, We were at a church, and the preacher man came up to us and put his hands on the client's name and started blessing him. Everyone was singing, praying, and when the preacher finished and gone back up to the altar, and I swear to you my name, my man looked at me and said, I want to go to that altar. And he got up from his chair and walked 25 steps there and back. 
<sighs> Everyone was crying. He hadn't walked since 2016. And and then at that point, I tuned her out. Like I've stated, I don't believe in that stuff. And I felt like she was in need of something good in her life, so she spun the story for me. So I smiled, nodded my head, and I got to my tasks with her husband. Three years of no walking, then all of a sudden walking? Because he was touched by a holy man in the way the church doesn't try to cover up? I called bullshit. So I'm doing my task with him, and he starts talking to me. I mean, really talking about things he remembers from his past. Things I've never heard him talk about. I'm going along with it, trying not too much to, uh, not trying to think too much about what the wife said. Then he turns to me and says, as he usually says it, man, I gotta poop. Wheel me, in on the bath- <laughs> wheel me into the bathroom, baby. I gotta shit. <laughs> I wheel him towards the toilet, put the brakes in the wheelchair, and was about to help him when he suddenly stood up from his chair, took a few steps, turned, and sat on the toilet. I could only gape. I had no idea what the fuck I just saw. This man, the last I saw him, was on a steady decline. He couldn't get up from his chair without major assistance, yet he popped up out of that thing like he's been faking it this whole time. He saw my face and told me, Hmm, yeah, I've been walking. I'm doing good, baby. I don't know, guys. I really don't know. This doesn't convert me, yet I can't explain this. There's no cure for this disease. People in this state don't progress positively like that without new and aggressive treatment. I'm still bothered and shaken by this. Honestly, I think this was the weirdest experience. Thanks for listening. The end. Wow. Right? Magic. That's the only, literally the only answer is just magic. I can't even, I can't even begin to come up with a theory. That's how fucking bananas this story is. I'm happy for the guy though, you know? Yeah, it's good. It's good to not have an answer Mm -hmm. in this case. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, right, well, that's uh, that makes me happy to know, know that there is hope. I know, like that. I oh, I just got your text message saying you're ready. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I just I love stories like that because, like we've talked about previously, it doesn't matter. Like sometimes no answer is an answer, and that's all we should care about. Yeah, just enjoy the fact that the client is walking now because and being able to talk cognitively. Yeah. Exactly. Just enjoy it. Don't even question it. Yeah, for sure. All right. My next story is... Let me see. I think my husband's dead grandmother is trying to reach out to me. Backstory. So my husband's Grammy passed away about seven years ago before I had ever met him. They were extremely close, and she helped raise him when he was a boy. I've obviously never met her or spoken to her. However, I've gone with him to visit her grave once or twice. He has a knitted blanket that she made before she passed, and we keep it in our living room as a throw blanket. I am also a week away from giving birth to our first child, a son. A few days ago, I was resting on the couch and threw Grammy's blanket over my shoulders. Suddenly, I got a whiff of vanilla, like something was baking. I felt warmth, as though someone had just opened an oven to check on some cookies. In my mind's eye, I saw the colors pink and gold. I felt a sense of love and pride and warmth that was overwhelming to the point that I started to get emotional. I also got an inkling about red fingernails. I brushed it off and continued my day. Over the next few days, I couldn't shake the feeling that I got when I put on that blanket. I had the overwhelming urge to bring it up to my husband and ask him some questions. So out of nowhere, as we drove home last night, I asked him, did Grammy like to bake? He looked at me funny and said, yeah, why? I asked him if she wore red nail polish. He confirmed. He said, what's with you? Why are you asking about Grammy? And I explained to him what I had felt the other day and he just stared at me in awe. 
These are things he's never told me or explained to me. There are details I shouldn't have known. When I got to the part about the color pink, he cut me off and said, it's magenta, not pink. She <laughs> loved magenta. I started to get teary again and told him she would be so proud of you and the life you've made and all you've overcome. I want to bring our son to visit her after this pandemic is over. She would have loved him so much. And to be honest, it didn't even feel like it was me talking. I felt like my mouth was moving on its own, like I was channeling what she wanted to say to him. He got quiet, and I could tell he was sad. I felt bad for bringing it up, but I w but it was eating at me so bad. I, it might sound crazy, but it feels as though I have met her and spoken with her. The energy I felt in those moments was so familiar and warm and loving. Does this sound paranormal to you? Do you think she was trying to speak through me or that I was touched by her? Or am I just crazy and losing my mind and happen to have the craziest coincidence ever? The end. Okay, that is 1,000% paranormal. Yep, I agree. There, she was definitely trying to connect with her loved ones, wanting to meet her little ones now, um, just trying to let them know that she's still there and just giving mm -hmm. those little signs that there's no way that this woman would have known of to kind of just give that validation to... Uh, to her husband. Uh, kind of just show that she's there. Yeah. That's so nice. I love that. Isn't this sweet? Who's crying in the club? <laughs> yeah, no, stories like that, it's... And that's... It's, it's one thing to be a coincidence of maybe you smell vanilla or something. But to know the pink-purplish color, which end up being magenta... Mm -hmm. um, just like those little details that there's no way in hell, why would she just randomly conjure that up in her head, right? Yeah. So that's, that's a really nice story. All right, my next story is titled Subway Angel in New York City. So in 2018, the Saturday before Christmas, I was out on a birthday bar crawl in the Lower East Side. We were all getting a bit bored with the crowd and decided to go back to one of our friend's apartments to take a breather, listen to music, and decide what to move on to next. Cut to me realizing I had missed 10 calls from various members of my family. My uncle had been rushed to the hospital and didn't make it. My uncle was the youngest of my mom's siblings and was more like an older teenage brother to me than an uncle. We grew up together in a very close family. I don't think I realized how quickly grief hits you when you get news like this. So the sound of my father's voice cracking and straining to get the words out of he didn't make it out of his mouth was more than I could handle. I crumbled into a pile of tears right in the middle of the kitchen. In a daze, I made my way back up to Harlem trying to pull myself together and figure out what to do. I couldn't get anyone in the city on the phone. I couldn't get myself to call anyone in my family, so I need to suck it up and get home that night. Mission accomplished. Flight changed, bags packed to get the help uh, with the help of my neighbor, and a couple of Klonopin to get me the hell home. <laughs> All of this to get back to the point of the story. I'm able to. I'm barely able to keep myself together as I wait on the subway platform. The change of ticket, my lack of savings, just wouldn't allow for a taxi ride to the airport. So just as I feel like I'm about to completely break down again, I notice a man in a lightly colored, absolutely beautiful suit. He had blonde bobbing curls on top and a shortly buzzed on side. I turned to take a bit more notice, then saw his face. Strange to say, but I can't recall anything about it now. It was a blank space, but very detailed memory. The only thing I can remember, remember about his uh, appearance was that it was absolutely breathtaking. It absolutely took my breath away. It wasn't in an, oh my God, this man is so sexy kind of way. It was just a sheer admiration for the absolute perfection of his symmetrical face. 
So here we are, the only two people waiting on the stop at 145th. The man seems to be almost giddy with joy, as if he were seeing the world for the very first time. Not crazed, forced happiness. He seemed genuinely like a kid in Disney World seeing the Magic Kingdom for the first time. And as we boarded the subway, he sat mirrored to me. I was in a far left seat. He was on the opposite side of the train to the right. It was quite crowded, but I looked up at some point before the 125th stop to see that he was staring directly at me. It wasn't scary. It was as if he were waiting for me to finally notice him. All he did was look me in the eyes, nod his head in confirmation, and wink at me. It gives me chills to remember it. The comfort that washed over me felt like a warm embrace, felt the security of a child who had scraped their knee, that feeling of mom making it all better. I was able to get myself home, head held high, and without the help of the clonopin. I'm not a religious person. I've scuffed about God, and I felt resentful when anyone brings up their beliefs. I don't know how to explain it, but I have this deep feeling that I saw an angel that day. All alone and navigating through intense emotions, I truly feel this man was sent to me to comfort and strengthen me to get home. This, it almost feels embarrassing to type this out, but I have no other explanation for this experience. The end. Mm-hmm. That's a sweet one. And even if, say, we're going to play devil's advocate here, and this wasn't an angel, this person that just has such a positive, vibrant energy, you never know, just cracking a smile to someone can make someone's whole day. It really can. You can be someone's angel, you know? You never know what someone's going through, ever. So just, you know, smile at them. I mean, through your mask, smile at them. <laughs> um, you know, wave high. It doesn't kill you to be fucking nice, people. It really doesn't. Wow. Yeah. So I just thought that was a really nice story. That's such a nice one. You have the best stories. Well, that's because you're going through the top rated ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going through the old ones. You're going through the... But you have some pretty good recent ones. You have some... Yeah. I like how a lot of them are current because of the times we're in. So it, mm -hmm. it brings more reality to the podcast for sure. So many of them that like I that like I skim before I read or you know I don't choose obviously I don't choose all the ones that I look at but so many of them say well since it's quarantine I figured I'd take the time to post this here finally. But it also proves like I love the fact you do the recent ones because that just shows that paranormal activity never stops. Exactly. Well, especially I mean people spending more time in their houses now like the ghosts don't take a break oh, like yeah. ghosts are always on glitches in the matrix don't take a break like never. glitches got a glitch. Glitches got a glitch. <laughs> glitches be tripping. Glitches be tripping. New t-shirt idea. Trademark. Yes. Genius. I love it. Okay. Um, this one is called, I saw something that wasn't my mom. Ooh. So a couple of years ago, I was having a bad day, depression-wise, and my mom was checking in on me every 10 minutes. So I was either doing homework or I was painting my nails. I can't remember. Anyways, so out of my peripheral vision, I saw her with one of the face masks on, and I said, hey, can you maybe get me some water? She didn't say anything, and I saw her walk away to go get it. Well, 10 minutes passed, and I'm really confused. So I walk into my living room, and I was like, hey, didn't you hear me ask if I could have water? My mom said she never even came by my room during that time. I was super confused, so I told her what I just saw, and she was just as shocked as I was. I have always been a believer of the paranormal, so I immediately thought that maybe it was a ghost. My mom is more spiritual and religious, so she chalked it up to a guardian angel checking in on me. I am still confused about it to this day. There's been other stuff that has happened, such as angel wings from a statue flying off the shelf in front of my own eyes. No windows were open, nor was there a breeze of any kind, which brings me to something that happened today. 
I was dog sitting my sister's puppy. I bent down next to the toy box to pet Aspen, my sister's dog, and I saw an angel statue standing up perfectly in the middle of all the toys. I freaked out and showed my parents. They were also a little freaked out. The end. Definitely seems like this family is connected to some interesting activity. Yeah, I think there might be something in the house, like a... But, I, I mean, we said that doppelgangers never speak, right? And mm-hmm. this, you know, mom, I'm assuming doppelganger, didn't say a word. Well, sometimes, but, like, sometimes they don't speak when you physically see them, but they may talk when they're not seen, right? Yeah. Like, we've had yeah. experiences like that, for sure. You hear it from, like, the other room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I don't know. I, I just know that if I asked my mom for, like, a glass of water and then 10 minutes went by, I wouldn't go downstairs and say, did not did you not hear me? I'd go downstairs and be like, where the fuck is my water? Bitch. No, I'm kidding. I love you, Amy. <laughs> I love you, Amy. <laughs> did you see the meme that I posted yesterday on Just Ghouly Things? Yes. Literally, I, I saw that meme, and my childhood flashed before my eyes. I just literally thought, my time has come. And it just, it made so much sense because, yeah. No, that's the exact feeling is, oh, shit, it's it's It's, it's over for me, yeah. It was a good seven years, guys. <laughs> I shall not haunt this house as a seven-year-old in a white dress. Yes, of course, the white dress. Of course, the white dress. Okay. My next story is titled, My Father's Paranormal Experience, 100% Real. My father had a horrible childhood full of abuse and neglect along with his siblings. He never talks about his childhood other than on dates he's feeling down and depressed. One story he told me he always um, has always stuck with me. When my father and his siblings were kids, they were playing outside as far as home as possible during the day, staying away from my raging alcoholic grandfather. And my father one day was walking home and saw an old woman on the porch and just out of courtesy waved and said hello. She said, do you want some tea or cookies, honey? He said, no, thank you, ma'am. But Of course, these old fucking ladies are so fucking cute. <laughs> but sat on her porch and talked with her for 15, 20 minutes. As they talked, he eventually went into her house to help her move, like, furniture for her since she was old and brittle. And that night, when he left the house thinking nothing of it, he asked his siblings, you ever met the old lady down the street? She's really nice. My uncle had said yes and had actually had a very similar experience with the kind woman. Eventually, they tell my grandmother, and she says, Honey, no one lives there. An old couple used to, but they passed away about, like, ten years ago. My uncle and father said, But, Mom, we talked to her and had cookies with her just this year. (laughs) My grandmother, being a Catholic extremist, ignored them, brushed it off, and said, You kids need to go to church and pray more. (laughs) My father and uncle still talk about it to this day, and they are both about 60. They even remember this patterns of the wallpaper, how good the cookies and tea were that she gave them, and etc. The end. Oh, wow. The fact that also the other brother saw the old saw lady, her. too. It's kind of like the lady is like a guardian angel of the block, kind of knows yes. what's going on in their household and just thinks that they need that kind of father figure, protective figure in mm-hmm. their life. And I guess it's like, well, you know, you don't really get the love that you would like at home, so let me kind of be let your love. Let me show love. you that love. I love old ladies. They are too pure. So pure. Hope to be one someday. (laughs) Hope to be a cute old lady that gives people tea and cookies one day. That's going to be me just walking around my neighborhood with tea and cookies. (laughs) Be like, I'm not a stranger. I'm a neighbor. (laughs) I'm not a stranger. I'm a neighbor with cookies. Come into my house. (laughs) And move my furniture. Come spend spend me company. That's not even a phrase. That doesn't even make any sense. Good morning, Lily. 
All right, Lily, what's your last story for today? All right. My last story for today is called, Did My Sister Create a Haunted Doll? And What Do We Do About It? Oh, no. This is a recent thing that has happened, and I need to know what to do. My sister, who was in her early teens, wanted to do this thing on the internet where you redo a Barbie doll. So she spent the day, two days ago, taking all the hair out and gluing extensions in, wiping the face with nail polish remover to redo the face. The problem is that some of her brushes are a bit big, and it was her first one, so... To put it kindly, it didn't look like any other videos or tutorials. <laughs> Actually, it looks a little scary, but I love Halloween and other spooky things, so I didn't mind. The rest of my family finds it terrifying. She knows this, but insisted that she liked it up until yesterday. It started off when my sister who created it had a horrible, realistic nightmare about it that actually made her cry, so that it made her so afraid that the doll went into the basement on the craft table. The doll was in the basement when suddenly the lights began to flicker and eventually shut off. That's not uncommon. It's the light bulb, we said. My dad went out to Home Depot to get new bulbs and put them in, and all was well again until it started flickering again. You couldn't even walk down the stairs without a flashlight. We blamed the fixture, and we considered calling an electrician. It lasted all night. This morning, the doll was moved from our basement to the outside on our back porch, far away from the basement, and lo and behold, the lights suddenly work perfectly and there are no more nightmares. General consensus is, we leave her there based off these experiences. So my question is, beyond leaving her there, what do we do? Should we bring out the sage? The end. Um, anything with a fucking... Doll. Doll? No, thank you. Like... No, thanks. I'm good. Like, I hope that this story gets kind of boosted with like an update or something. You got to keep on top of it, cause yeah, I will. Yeah, I just yeah, the doll just is in the basement now, and now the lights are flickering. Casual. Yeah, the moment that happens, if if God forbid I had any sort of doll in here, which I fucking don't, and it <laughs> ends up anywhere in the house, then besides the last place I put it. This place is going up for sale, and that doll is getting thrown the fuck out. <laughs> okay? That thing, no. No. Not happening. Yeah. Okay. So, my next story, my last story, is titled, My Son Sees the Boy He's Named After Who Passed Away. Hmm. So, my son is one of the most honest little boys I've ever met. I'm biased, I know, but still. I was very young when my son was conceived, and he was a huge shock to both me and his father as I was on birth control. Nevertheless, he is the most loved and spoiled little boy. He is literally the light of all my darkness. There's definitely a reason as to why he's here. Planned or not, he's meant for this world. My ex, father of my son, had a best friend who died exactly a year before the birth of my son. We called him Dean. My ex's best friend sadly passed away on July 13th. My son was born exactly a year later on July 13th. Dean tragically lost his life from jumping into open water on a hot day, and his body instantly went into shock, suffered a major heart attack, died within seconds. He was an extremely talented and thoughtful guy, and it was a huge loss for everyone that knew him. Mm. When I found out I was pregnant with a little boy, my ex and I came to the decision to have Dean as my son's middle name as a tribute to his friend. We were extremely shocked when my due date was the 13th, and even more shocked when my son was born on his due date, too. 
We always knew there would be a connection between both of them as there were too many coincidences. My ex and I split when my son was six months old, and he only sees him occasionally due to living many miles away. And naturally, my son never heard the story of Dean from me as I didn't feel it was my place to tell it, and we wanted to ensure he was old enough to understand. My son did all the regular strange things when he was small, smiling and waving at nothing, talking and playing with someone no one could see, etc. He is also a regular sleepwalker, as am I, and it's very common for him to be up and about at night, so I'm very used to his state when he's sleepwalking and when he's actually awake. He would sleepwalk and do strange things like rent a bath or stand in the middle of his bedroom talking to the walls, etc. You get used to it, by the way. <laughs> I don't think so, but okay. Around four months ago, he woke up calling me, not distressed, but clearly wanting me to go into the room as soon as I could get there. I half expected him to be sleepwalking. However, he was wide awake. He told me that in the middle of his bedroom, he's seen a boy with long hair and a pool of water, and he was smiling at him. It took me a while to be able to reply because I was so shocked. I asked him if he was asleep or dreaming, and he said no. He'd woken up because he heard a splash and saw this body. He went, to, he went back to sleep, and that weekend, my son saw his dad. I explained to my ex what had happened, and he was as shocked as me. I explained I thought it was time to tell him the story of Dean and how my son would react. He agreed, and that it would be, it, he would update me when he came to drop him off the following day. So the next day, my son came home, his usually bubbly self, and my ex updated me. He explained that he first told my son that he was named after one of his close friends, who was now in heaven. He then proceeded to show him a picture of Dean. My son instantly said, Oh, that's the boy. That's the boy from the water. He was in my bedroom. My ex said he was both freaked out and ecstatic that he'd come back to see my son. My ex then said he was a lovely guy and that he would have had loved my son. My son then said, I know. He's very smiley. I know that water is very dangerous. My ex was stunned. He nodded and said, That's right, and that's how Dean had died. It's so true that children are open to so much more than us adults, and to this day, neither me or my ex can explain what happened other than Dean visiting my son. The end. Wow. Mm -hmm. Imagine being, like, so young and having all of those experiences. Unreal. You know, like, like throwing that into your the mix of your childhood. And I hope this doesn't happen, but I bet you, as he gets older, probably around, like, 9 or 10, he probably won't even remember the experience. Yeah. So, super, super weird. Super yeah. weird. Super and weird. Crazy, crazy how, like, casual the kid is about it, too. Like, oh, yeah, that's that's the smiley guy. Yeah, that water is so dangerous. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like this theme of this episode was loved ones coming back and mm-hmm. protecting us or reassuring that there is something after this, which I think mm-hmm. is always a very beautiful, a beautiful message to convey. Always very good to hear. All right, guys, so that concludes this episode of Just Ghoulie Things, the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 67. Thank you so much for listening. And, Lily, do you have anything to close off with? Um, glitches be tripping. Glitches always be tripping, B. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's start with the socials. Let's... Uh, let's uh, have you follow us on Instagram at Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Our personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and at Lily Baldessari. Twitter, JGT Podcast. Facebook like page, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. Facebook private group, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast group. Donate to our Patreon, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. And if you or someone you know has a paranormal experience they'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at just really things podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, Boo Thanks, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye. Goodbye.